I'm Charlie Taylor. I'm Ben Carter. I run Hip Hop by the Numbers on Twitter. I use hip hop statistics to highlight the bigger picture. And I'm director of the Fifth Element, where I highlight the Fifth Element Hip Hop, which is knowledge. And guys, if you're going to hit me up on Twitter and hit Ben up on Twitter for that matter about artists that don't relate to you, if you're not their manager, their lawyer, or you're not getting paid by them, stop talking to me. Stop DMing Ben. Give it a fucking rest. Go touch some grass and move on with your life. Welcome to Digging Digits. Public service announcement. Drake albums will always disappoint. He is he the biggest rapper that does many styles, so it's hard to please all his fans. Why do I care? Why do you think I care, bro? Why do you think I care? Who sent you this? So this is that was that was I don't care. I'm not going to mention it. So it was off it was off the back of um you know uh Drake you know withdrawing the Grammy noms and I ma- I made the joke it's because your people voted the most disappointing album oh, it's Fifi's no. I right? knew you were going to get hate for that I was like Charlie really dove in the deep end there this guy comes in politicking about Drake bro, bro. Drake's albums are always disappoint I don't care I just <laughs> don't care you're wasting my time and you just wasted every listener of, of DITD's time okay that's what you did you feel good I hope you do Absolute mug. Wow. Hi, Ben. How's your week, Ben? What have you been this week? We are built different because I get that's like 0.01%. Shit. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, no, I know, I know, I know, I know. I understand. But like, the point, I, I feel like I need to make the point. Like, don't come at me with that. I don't care. I will not respond. And I've been saying to Ben for the past week, just don't, just don't bother. But, but we'll get into it. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. Um, I had a great week, man. I had another great date yesterday. Fucking amazing date. It's like I'm pretty, I'm pretty buzzing right now. I'm kind of on cloud nine, which is uh, it's a feeling I don't often get. So it's it's fucking amazing. Um, I listened to some music this week. Uh, Juice World's Fighting Demons. I don't think this album is going to appeal to everyone, and I think that's totally okay. It's a very deep and affecting listen. It's steeped with dark imagery around being trapped in cycles of addiction and negative thought patterns. Juice World's agony is is palpable and visceral on this record. On the very first song, he sings, I can't take one Percocet, start tonight off. I just took a 60. And Juice's all or nothing curse is carried through just the whole album. So many tracks on here have that theme. On You Wouldn't Understand, he said, I'm lost in my abyss, wake up, all I see is black, a solar eclipse. There's another bar on here somewhere, I couldn't find it when I was looking through it last night, but he talks about a situation where he took so much that a significant other was worried he would die while he was in his sleep because he, he was sleeping that deeply from what he'd taken. And he reflects that he probably could have died, but he can't stop himself sliding back down that slope again. Uh, I think Already Dead hits me the hardest. That came out a couple of weeks prior to the album. It's probably the most challenging for me to listen to personally. He explains the voices in his head say that everyone wants him dead, but then he almost nonchalantly proclaims, bitch, I'm already dead, I've been dead for years, before saying, I've been taking medicine again, Henny, mix it with the Vicodin. It's a brutal song 
It is a brutal song. It touches on the awful existence that some of us have to endure whilst here on earth. You know, he Juice likens it to already being dead, not not just physically, but like actually just kind of wandering through life dead, you know, like dead inside. And I don't want to say, I don't want to say that I relate to it, but holy fuck, do I relate to that? And he spits on here too, you know, don't get that twisted. He definitely, uh, the, the joint with Trippy Red and Polar G, he really just slips into a double time cadence. He can rap. We all know he can rap. But mostly the album is an extension of his heart-wrenching content thus far. It's made so much more haunting, obviously, by his passing. And apparently Juice has over 2,000 songs in the vault. I was actually, people jumping down my throat on Hip Hop Numbers 2 when I said that this kind of sounded like, to me, the end. Like maybe this would be, after this point, we'd get the cut and paste, pop smoke, faith kind of treatment. Um, because this is not that. This is absolutely not that. This is a Juice World album. And there's a bunch, like there's there's a couple of uh, of uh, collaborators, but it's mainly Juice World. But apparently, no, we're not going to get that at all. We're going to get a lot more Juice World content in the future. So, um, man, this is a great posthumous album, but it's really sad that I have to say it's a posthumous album. Rest in peace, Juice World. Um, I hope he is at peace now because it's a tough listen. Chomp 2 by Russ. Uh, you know, when we spoke about the complexity of Dave East, I hit upon the winning formula. I really do think why Dave East doesn't sound great on solo records. Dave East is incredible on guest spots because it's 16 bars and then he dips. A whole project gets stale. So Russ waded into a horribly dangerous arena on Chomp 2. I want to set the scene for how dangerous this was for him. All of his guests can rely on the Dave East effect. 16 bars, kill everyone and everything, then give the microphone back to Russ and say, good luck, mate. And on this LP, we get Ransom, Papoose, The Game, West Side Gun, Styles P, Jadakiss, Big Crit, Snoop Dogg, Jay Electronica, Joey Badass, Wale, Big Sean, Conway, Ghostface, Lloyd Banks, Sci High, and Mozzie. Come on now. Every single one of those MCs is a killer on wax. Like an absolute top tier artist who will tear your fucking face off in the booth. And Russ just walked into this fight willingly because he brings something different to the table. He really does. He's deeply honest. And I'm not saying he's just honest about the sky being blue or him being independent. He's honest about his indulgences and his desires and his ego and his beliefs. And to me, Russ is kind of like Action Bronson in the sense that you can't really outwrap Action Bronson because he raps differently content-wise to everyone else. Like, you might say that, you know, other rappers have a more technical, you know, acumen or, you know, like, a great example is Earl on Really Do. At the end, he just cleans everyone up. No one was touching Earl on that song. But if Action Bronson was on that song, or Russ, they would provide something so different that you'd be like, yeah, it's not as good, but, like, you can't really say that they were outwrapped. And I feel that way on this record. I think that Russ took a massive risk here. He, he just he doesn't get rinsed because his content is so vastly different. And this is not a DJ Khaled album. The beasts are wild, and each rapper on here shoots to kill, genuinely. This is a really great project. Uh, if you hate Russ, whatever, man. Just skip his verses and go to the collabs. If you've always been put off by the Russ hate, then just listen to this record. You'll enjoy it. I genuinely feel that way. It's a really good record. Um, shout out to Russ for just fucking... <laughs> 
being brave. I I can't think of too many MCs who would do that willingly, but he fucking did it, man. And and that's the thing. He wants to prove that he's a great rapper, and I think he's really proving that to me anyway. Uh, A-Reese and Jay Jody, Heaven Can Wait. So A-Reese and his older brother Jay Jody dropped this record, stacked to the brim with energy and like great lyricism. And I was driving when I had it playing, and uh, it was the old DITD adage of an album that you really want to consume, like an audiobook, something you want to sit with to appreciate and like you get excited to hear what they're about to talk about next. You know, like the content choices, the power behind their words and their energy. I think that Black Kids is the best song on the tape. Um, here are some of the bars because I do want people to think that, you know, to recognize A Reese's great rapper. I would tell you to keep safe, but these days all we stay, say is stay dangerous. Stay strong, they won't break us. Black kids with black cars and bank statements. T-shirts with black faces. These days you die young and stay famous. Running out of time, tears running down another mother's eyes. If it ain't suicide, then it's a homicide. Black on black crime, we colorblind. Never working over time, peace from the other side. You and I are better off unified. And then Jay Jody's verse was just as vivid. He raps... Some kids ain't eating enough, but they're out here worried about being enough. We don't stop, south side down, we should be at the top. And everybody feeling like they relate to the story, but they had to live out the plot. Race against the clock, fighting the anxiety of making it or not. On top of that, you still gotta worry about the cops. On top of that, you still gotta watch for the ops. It's a great project, man. It really is a great project. It's top tier hip-hop music. Um... I fucking love it, man. I, I would highly recommend people go check their ass. It's, a, it's an affecting listen. It really is. Like, it, it's good, man. Just go check it out. Uh, Pop by Tierra Wack. So Tierra Wack obviously listens to the podcast. Like, I, I just, I know that she, that she <laughs> must do. I, I assume this is, I, assume, I haven't checked this, but I assume this is an ongoing series um, because this is the second three-track EP we've gotten as many weeks. And mm-hmm. I think it's a step down in quality from last week. I'm not going to lie. I think that, um, you know, I think Tierra Wack is never boring, but like, you know, Body of Water is great. I think that's a good song. It definitely sounds like a Janelle Monet off cut. It has that sloping beat with Tierra Wack kind of rides it to its end point. And then she dips into mm-hmm. a really cool rap cadence. Uh, I think this should be a rock EP. I th- uh, pop. You know, Lazy's a rock song, and Dolly's a rock song. You know, looped guitar riffs. Tierra Whack on, on Lazy, she kind of opines about a lover's lack of drive and vision in life, wondering how in the hell she managed, like, to stay with him this long. She says, he must be crazy, he thinking we're having babies. And that lack of self-awareness in the object of her ire is accurate, man. Like, I've encountered that kind of conversation with people in my personal life, and you know, it's solid lyrically and conceptually, but it just didn't hit for me the way that uh, that rap did. I'm curious to see if this is going to continue. You know, the problem with the three-song EP is that, you know, if she is doing this, three-song EPs to, to create a whole, you know, maybe like a 12-song thing, like four three-song EPs. The problem with that is if you drop 12 songs, you can hide a couple of songs on there. You know, you can hide a couple of tracks, like Dolly I don't think is high quality. You could hide that in the middle somewhere and... But on a three-track EP, that's 33% of the EP, you know, so it has to be all killer, no filler, and there's a bit of filler on this. So we'll see what happens, man. I'm, I'm just excited to hear Tierra Whack music. And finally, Mac Homie. Uh, look, man, if Expensive had a sound, it would be Mac Homie. His beat selections are luxury. 
you know, it's warm, it's comforting. <laughs> it's the kind of feeling I would imagine you would get from like sitting on a $10,000 couch with climate control and the feeling of being able to make money in your sleep. Uh, I don't know what that feels like because I have a free couch. Mm. I don't have climate control and I don't make money in my sleep. So I don't know what it feels like, but I imagine that's what this feels like. But uh, this is a good project, man. Um, Yeah, I think it's really good. It's it's not pray for Haiti, uh, but when you're top tier, your C-sides are going to hit. And I don't even think we made it into his C-sides yet. I think we're still in the B-sides and a few A-sides. Good project. Shout out Mac Homie. So that was me, Charlie. What about yourself? Oh, gosh. You didn't listen to Rick Ross? What a surprise. Um, all right. So got into uh, More Mother, M-O-O-R Mother, uh, Black Encyclopedia of the Air. Um, so for those who are unaware of More Mother, she is a uh, just an excellent overall, uh, I guess, spoken word artist. Um, she's a member of uh, Irreversible Entanglements, which I you know I mentioned I saw live a couple of mo- a couple of weeks ago. So she's she's great. Um, she's a... Uh, she she's a outstanding just like a really really deep artist where like you need to listen to her shit like several times to gather anything you know what i mean it really requires that um that dedication um so black Encyclopedia of the air as you can imagine of me uh, listening to it once uh have zero idea of like the overall uh theme but um, you have decent features here from uh, like a uh, pink Sifu, Nappy Nina, for example. Um, uh, I love a uh, night wa- night night hawk of time with uh, I think it's also her group Black Quantum Futurism, which is just a outstanding name for anything. Um, that's just a real freaky track. It's very short, but it's a very freaky track. Um, but yeah, you know she she comes in uh, here and there. You know what I mean just like drop in just little one liners here and there. You know, it's not exactly like a whole verses. She just comes in and out. Um, the sound is very uh, electronic based uh, in terms of foundation, but there's a lot of stuff on top of that. Um, so, you know, it's a very, very interesting listen, very fascinating listen. Uh, really uh, uh, open your um, open your, uh, uh, your your taste bud, so to speak, of, uh, you know, what you usually listen to for sure. Uh, so shout out to more mother on that front. Arrested Development for the FKN Love. Um, I just so, someone said someone talked to me. Um, someone said to me uh, the other day. You know the the you know we've said this about you know Jay Z where it's like you know when we when we all listen to four forty four. I mean I've said this before. Um, I think I put it in an article once. Uh, you know saying that uh, this is one of the rare instances of an older artist actually talking about being older, right? And you know we've gotten you know different ones here and there. You know like Nas with King Disease two and stuff like that. Um, you know, he constantly talks about, uh, you know, just he just sounds more mature, right? In terms of what he's talking about, and he sounds like he is what he is, age-wise. As it pertains to, you know, speech, who's I think also in his fifties, and obviously Arrested Development as a group, and they've been around since the early nineties. Um, I feel like I would like to say that uh, I consider Arrested Development as like the first easy listening adult contemporary hip hop anything. Um, you know, as an adult contemporary hip hop, I feel like they've reached that point where you know you listen to this album in particular, you know, and there's there's just really feel good stuff in there. Um, and you know, it gets you, it gets you moving, gets you feeling nice. It's nice to have in the background, right? It's not too deep, it's not too shallow either. You know, some good stuff in there. If you want to listen to it content uh, uh, with um uh, with a uh, uh, with focus, you can. 
but you know you don't have to right you know you've got configure on the beats here uh, throughout which is really good uh master ace uh, on swinging with fat man scoop fat man scoop remember him jesus christ uh, fat man scoop crooklyn clan yeah, exactly you know you know the vibes um and uh our new our new uh you know obviously we are big new fans of miss Moni love and she comes in on one track as well she was outstanding on that track it's probably one of my favorites on here you got king crooked um it does say sugar hill gang on have your moment so sugar hill gang i guess um uh, also big daddy kane on vibe freddie fox on we are not in kansas um there's just some really good uh you know just um really good feature list and it's a really nice listen just an overall very nice listen and i feel like easy listening adult contemporary hip-hop is arrested development right now you know it's just i I feel like that's a great uh way to describe it i i I love it as soon as i thought that i was just like oh god that's a banging that's a banging take by me charlie well well done pat yourself on the back uh no suits full paradise fool's paradise so you know i've been doing my album list and i've been you know going i, I, I sometimes get a bit deep in the weeds um looking up uh you know going to related eyes so i'm like oh I've, I've never seen this before where, you know where, where's this where's this been um so this is like a trio i would like to describe it as kind of just like a freewheeling uh free freewheeling rap right where you know, they kind of don't sit on any particular kind of uh, uh, element uh, musically. You know, it's obviously, it's clearly hip hop, but, you know, they try and do different things. You know, they, they try and try and go for a dancey vibe or like, more moody. It's it's really, it's really out there. Um, not, I wouldn't say exploratory, right? It's not like, like Flying Lotus or anything like that, but, you know, it's nice. It's, it's calm. It's, it's something different. You know, it's a nice little palate cleanser. Um, this one's only seven seven tracks, uh, just under twenty minutes. So you know, it's just some good stuff in here. Um, they do have an album called Sex from last year. It's a very amusing title, and it has a uh, RB Nomad and Co the Friend on there as well. Um, so you know, they got some good stuff. Got some good features going on, and uh, yeah, it's a solid uh, little album right there. Uh, Ishi, uh, the introduction side A. So Ishi is an artist that I've 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 come of. I've tuned in and in and out on. Um, he he made a track in like 2015 called uh, "We Run," which was like one of my favorite tracks at that point. It was just really hype, proper gym shit. I feel, um, you know, really really high energy. And I had like a Wale, um, <laughs> Wale, Raekwon, and yes, French Montana um, on there. Uh, that's that probably the only time I've had French Montana on a regular rotation uh, in any facet. Um, which is fascinating, but yeah, he comes through with this. He, I think he's been doing some songwriting in the background kind of thing. He he was like a he he wrote some of Tiny Temper's best songs uh, back in the day. So you know that's kind of how I got into him. Uh, but he comes in with this side A introduction and push it, which has push a T on it, which was a track that came out in 2015, and also we run with the aforementioned features is also on here, and that came out in 2016. And uh, there's also another push it, which is has tiny temper on the. Uh, I guess that's a remix, also on the last track. So take away those songs, you have seven songs on here, which is solid, right? You know, you got my story with Tiggs the author. That's clean. Your season with Kadeem King is probably the best track on here, and the rest of it is pretty much, I guess, issue on the uh, production side. With that said, I do not mind the production, but I just feel like you know you've got two tracks here that are over five years old. Well, three tracks here over five years old. And I just I don't know that feel that feels a bit like insurance fraud to me, um, uh, you know. It's, I, don't, I don't know about that. I don't. 
it doesn't sit right with me but um with the new stuff that is there it's solid it's fine it's palatable i take i'll take it um but at least he's coming out with some new stuff which is which is i guess is a and, and it says side A, so hopefully there's a side B coming in, in, in a bit. And lastly, Nejma Nefertiti. Um, and I don't have uh, particular names because I listened to basically four tr- four whole projects from her in the past week. Um, so, you know, I was, I was, uh, uh, I, was, I, was I saw this uh, tweet. Someone put a tweet up of like, you know, oh, I love this. Uh, here's some female rappers you guys should go spin. And uh, Nejma Nefertiti was on there. And I was just like, oh, I've never heard of Nejma Nefertiti. Um, so I thought, why not, right? You know, yeah, that's, how, that's how you get into it, guys. That's how you get into it. You know, you see your name, just dive in. Don't even think about it. Um, so she has several stuff out this year. Um, so she has The Harvest, Alter Ego with a no- Napoleon the Legend, uh, Jane Wayne, uh, the villain, and an EP called uh, The Valley of the Queens. Go listen to The Valley of the Queens. I highly recommend that. And also I highly recommend Alter Ego and Napoleon the Legend. They They go off. They just they're straight barring on that one. Absolutely heat. That's like only it's like a half an hour, thirty five minutes, eleven songs. Easy listen, um, and they they just got full on bars there. And also, Valley of the Queens, I feel like is the best production wise. It's only four songs, ten minutes, right? Um, Napoleon the Legend is on the last track, Five Minute Ninja. So you get a little little taste on that front. So start there. I guarantee you, you will enjoy it. And if you feel like going through more, um, uh, definitely peep Alter Ego. And then, you know, if you feel like, uh, you know, you're in, you're in, go peep the rest. Because um, she has some great stuff about, um, I, I really wish I got into her just, you know, when earlier in the year, um, if Alter Ego dropped and I saw that around July time, um, I would have been singing praises. Um, and I, I still am. I'm here singing praises. Shout out to Nef- Nedjman FT on that front. Um, but damn, I, I just wish I caught her earlier. I really do. Um, I really regret that. Um, the Valley of the uh, Valley of the Queens would have really been near my EP list, very, very near. Um, but I have completed my EP list, so <laughs> that's completely locked off. <laughs> With that said, let's hop into our DITD bites, Volume Eleven. You know the score. We got three topics that we feel like probably won't uh, stretch for an hour. Uh, well, for an hour for one topic. Um, so we pack them all, pack all three. Into little chunks, into little bites, as you, uh, if you will. Um, but I feel like this one's going to go long, com- uh, considering two of them is uh, Ben ranting uh, about stuff. Uh, so, with that said, as um, I full disclosure have a full dinner plate uh, next uh, in front of me, Ben, let's go for one of your rants uh, to to begin. End of year lists starting on not December first, Charlie. I have seen end of year list November twenty nine. So I've started this little thing that I'm doing at the moment where I'm going to go through all the major end of year lists and I'm going to tally up who has who f- appears on the most, you know, because I'm very curious, you know. Call but Ben, me how get can lost. you do that when mine aren't on there? <laughs> well, it's going to ha- This is the thing, right? This is, this is an ongoing series because everyone released their end of year list at some random time, uh, November 29 for some people. December 29 for some people. I don't know. And this is a, this is my this is the whole crux of my thing. I think it's diminishing the music to do that. I think we're just removing December from the whole thing. It's not about music. It's about content. It's not about what the best albums were or, you know, editorials or trying to put people onto the best music of the year. It's literally just about content and about getting as many eyes on it as possible. And that's not artistic. That's got nothing to do with the art. And, you know, there's this, there was a tweet I read the other day from someone in the industry who was saying that um, uh, I think they said that they've heard about a bunch of albums getting pushed from December to January. And one of the reasons that they were saying that that is, 
is because no one is willing to listen to albums or put them on lists in December. Like this, that's dead air. Nothing happens. You know, Roddy Rich is releasing next week. Uh, Cardi released on uh, December twenty five last year. He's been on a few lists. I feel like if you're, I think RTJ did it one year as well. They they released on Christmas Day. If you do it like on Christmas Day, I feel like you're gonna pop up on end of year list the next year. But if you do, you release like December seven or December fifteen or something like that, you're gonna you're just gonna miss out, and that's really sad to me. That's really stupid to me, and it's another example I think of. The music industry just taking over the art, co-opting the art and turning it into content. And, you know, I probably said it a couple of weeks ago. Kembe tweeted out, like, stop calling artists content creators. And we're seeing this line blur between, like, artistic endeavors and artistic expressions and content. You can never call a musician a content creator. And that's the problem, you know. As I get deeper into the industry, as I experience more of it and as I... I'm in certain rooms, listening to certain albums, hearing the way that certain people talk. It really scares me. It scares me. And that's the only reason this is coming up now. It's not necessary. I mean, I've always felt this way about end of year lists. I think it's ridiculous that they come out early December. I don't understand it. It just, it doesn't compute in my head. It doesn't. Spotify wrapped coming out whenever it fucking comes out. And not telling us like when it is, like what the, is it October 31? Is that the cutoff? Is it like, they don't tell us that. To me, that's fucking insane. But I still do understand it from the content creation side because I'm a content creator. So I know that if I post a bunch of end of year lists, like January 5, people will be like, nah, man, we've already moved on from 2021. We're in 2022 now. No one cares about it anymore. But I don't think that that is... I don't think that that's the natural state for music listeners. I don't think they feel that way just naturally. You know what I mean? Like I think that the the media and the mainstream like music industry has created this belief that we just have to sum the world up in December and then we start fresh on January 1. But the thing about it is it's like irrational to me is literally nothing fucking happens from January 1 to January 10. You know, I've gone through, I think it was... Um, I think I went through every New Year's Day hip-hop album release. There's fucking nothing, man. No one releases before like January 14. So I don't understand why we can't block that two weeks out to have an end-of-year summary from the past year. And to me, the whole thing is invalid. Like genuinely, I feel like it's invalid. Like if an album comes out December 29 and you put it on your 2022 list, it's not though, is it? It's not, a, it's not a 2022 album. It's a 2021 album. And then there's a disconnect for me personally as hip-hop numbers because I'm a statistical analysis person. My numbers have to be accurate. And maybe that's where my frustration comes in as well. Where like, you know, people are putting Playboy Cardi's whole lot of red on 2021 lists. No, all of my statistics around whole lot of red are 2020 statistics because it came out in 2020. It did not come out in 2021. So it is not on an end of year list. You know what I mean? Like, am I crazy in this? Am I just making a mountain out of a molehill here? Because it really does grind me. It really pisses me off because I just see it as another way of the the, the media and the music industry just trying to strong arm artists into releasing when they want them to release. You know, they want to get all their content out before the end of the year. And that's fucking up artist release schedules. You know, if you want to release in in December, good luck. 
genuinely. You know, if you're Kendrick, sure, that's cool. If you're Kanye, that's cool. If you're Jay-Z, that's cool. But anyone underneath that, good luck. You're just not going to get the press. And that's bullshit because, again, that's the industry dictating when you can release music. And I fucking hate that. I hate that influence. So in an effort to play devil's advocate, um, I feel like while I... In essence, I agree with you. Um, I feel like, uh, you know, just uh, these album lists come in, uh, uh, you know, no, no, like late November, early December, is, you know, yeah, just a bit, it is whack, right? And, uh, you know, it doesn't feel the And I, I'd say it doesn't really feel the same when, you know, um, an album drops, like on, let's say, December 30th, right? And it's really good and everyone fucks with it. Um, and then it's on like next year's list, even though it dropped technically, uh, you know, the year before, right? Um, but you can equate this also to like uh, awards and uh, the cutoff dates for submissions, right? Now, those, those <clears throat> most of those don't happen, you know, on the dot, you know, de- no- uh, December thirty first, right? They don't, they don't always do that, and um, they don't, none, none of them do that, I don't think. Um, so instead they have submission dates whenever, so like, uh, what was the Grammys one, like August or September, right? So, you know, you, you can consider it like, um, of how like tax years work, right? There's the year and then there's the tax year, right? Um, so I consider, I, I like to see it in that front as well, where it's just like, you know, submission year, the year of submission and then you don't, right? Silk Sonic didn't get, uh, all the nominations they probably should have gotten, Right, because they didn't drop, they didn't drop the album early enough, right? And it is what it is, right? And they they still got nominations for Leave the Door Open because that dropped as a single months ago, um. So they got all the nominations for that, but nothing for the actual album itself because they didn't drop early enough, right? Now, again, playing devil's advocate, when can what 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 else can they do on that front, right? And I understand, right, on the list front, I feel like there is a bit of cynicism there, where it's just like, yeah, we're not gonna even like bother uh thinking about you if you drop after our list drops right i get it i'm sure there's probably a little bit of cynicism in that um but on also on the other front uh, when do you want them to cut it off i like you and i, I know you December provide 31. the solution you provide the solution of like um the first two weeks of january since nobody drops anyway that front um and i guess right um yeah, man. I, I, I guess, I guess, I guess, as a solution, I'm fine with that, right? I'd embrace it, right? Um, probably not the songs, because that's probably just um, I don't, I don't feel like I'm gonna really love a song, uh, uh, like like that. But objectively, I can look at an album and I can be like, okay, this is genuinely better than the twenty something that I have in my shortlist at the moment, right? Um, and I'll change it, right? So you know, as a behind the curtain on what I'm doing at the moment on my list front, right? I've done my songs list. I've finished my EP list a couple of days ago, right? I finished writing them up, right? They're all locked in. My album list is kind of halfway done in terms of listening. I still need to, I still have a plenty of stuff to listen to uh, back um, about halfway through the year of my, of the songs of, of my long list. So, you know, it's a slog, but, it, but you know, it's for the love. Um, and yeah, I probably won't finish my album list until probably like you know the last week of december right uh, and that's just the way i've done it for myself um and you know the workload i've given myself 
Um, so you know, and that's just one person. There also needs to, it also needs to be, I guess, the account of like you know they when they when these publications do their list, they have several people doing it. Right? It's not just one person like me. If it was one person, then yeah, you know, you control your own destiny, right? And that's fine. Um, but you know, the, a lot of these people have teams, and you know, they other people have schedules, and you Ben of all people you can understand with people how how hard it is to get people on a fucking schedule okay it's it could be it could be annoying when there's one person that's fine when there's more than one it gets a bit fucking jarring right uh depending on especially depending on the time of the year and obviously this year and obviously around this year everyone's doing stuff um busy in some fashion so you know i get it um while i do agree with you it's probably a bit distasteful that people you know just drop the list so early as it not even not even giving the giving the illusion that they tried that they take that they took most of december into account um it's you know clearly they had to have done it and had to have had all them write-ups you know before you know let's say mid mid november so that probably most of them are cutting off like a whole a whole month and more so that i find a bit distasteful but um in in some in some lane, I kind of just think, you know, when can they cut it off? Because they do need to write it at some point. You know what I mean? I mean, look, I'm gonna address all those points because I think you made good points, but I think they can be addressed. I think with regards to uh, awards, I mean, they're self-contained. That's they're not saying that these they they don't market themselves as the best. Like the Grammys don't market themselves as the best songs of 2021, or they just give it as the Grammy, the 2021 Grammy goes to, that doesn't necessarily, like they're not branding it as this is the best song of 2021. This is the 2021 Grammy. And then the thing with the Grammys is nothing gets left out because as soon as the submissions end, whenever it is, September 30, whenever October 30, submissions begin for the next Grammys. So, like, you know what I mean? Like, there's no days that are being missed out whatsoever in that. That's not a thing. Like, there's nothing that's being... And if we look at... So, I, I, I understand your point fully, but, like, these awards are self-contained. They're not trying to say this is an exhaustive list of the best albums of 2021. They're saying that these were the best albums in the tracking period, and the Grammys are marketed as the 2021 Grammys are in March 2021. Those are the 2021 Grammys, and those things come from 2020. So that's a whole mismatch. That's not like a, I don't know if I made sense with that word salad, but like, that's what I mean. Like they're a self-contained thing. It's it's not like The Guardian coming out on the 29th of November and saying these are the 50 best albums of 2021. That's ridiculous. And if we look at the albums that were released in December last year, right? So firstly, there's no industry standard for when these things cut off. There's no industry cutoff. There's no like it, it cuts at 29th of November and then everything from December starts again the next year because everyone releases their, their album list at different times. So like, for example, uh, Baldy James released Real Bad Baldy on the 11th of December. Jack Harlow, that's what they all say. Kid Cudi, Man on the Moon 3, 11th of December. Uh, Eminem, music to be murdered by a side B, 18th of December. Uh, Lil Durk, The Voice, 24th of December. Okay, what 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 are these? Li- what lists are these guys going to be on? I haven't seen Man on the Moon three on any lists so far from 2021. So is that that album that like you know that little block there? Is that just dead air now? Like it doesn't matter. No one cares. So who the fuck's going to be releasing on that? 
you know, and that's the thing, that's the problem. If you're going to say, and I guess this is why it triggers me so much, because if I'm going to say something on hip hop numbers, like these were the highest reviewed albums of 2021, I can't put that shit out on November 29, 2021. I can't do that. Because an album might come out on the 31st of December that gets a 95. And then my statistic is wrong. So like, I don't understand that. And if then if we look at, well, what is the alternative? I've gone through, have a look at these albums or these years when uh, the start of January. So January 2019, uh, April and MJG released on the 2nd of January, Classic Pimpin'. There wasn't another album release, a major hip hop album release until the 11th of January. That was 2019. In 2018, uh, there wasn't a day with multiple hip hop album releases until the 16th of January. The 16th of January. That's over two weeks of January. Then we go to January 2017. The 6th, there were three albums from underground artists. And it wasn't until the 13th until major albums started being released. If we go to 2016, January 15th, there was one solitary album that released, major album released prior to January 15, And that was Boosie. And then January 15, we got Anderson Park, we got Malibu, uh, we got Daz Dillinger and Snoop. See what I'm saying? Like 2015, it's the same thing. 2015, January 6, Ray Shramit, Shrem Life 3, or Shrem Life, sorry, the original. It wasn't until January 20th that we got anything. Joey Badass, Lupe Fiasco. Like, uh, it just pisses me off, man. It's just, it's silly. I think it's unfair. You know, how many uh, is Jack Harlow? And the thing is, I get all stuck with Jack Harlow's album. That's what they all say. I put it on 2021 list sometimes because I forget that it came out in 2020 because no one fucking talks about anything that comes out after the 10th of December. And that's just pisses me off. Like, I just don't understand that unless it's massive, like whole lot of red by Playboy Cardi. I, I, I think it's ridiculous. And, um, I recognize that what I'm saying makes no, it, it makes absolutely no difference. But the way that I see it with these kind of things is they get way worse before they get better. And I just foresee this getting worse and, and eating further into November. And I don't think it'll go earlier than November 25. But, you know, with regards to your final point about like these things have to be written, of course they have to be written. But you keep a rolling like register, you know, December 29, you can have your, you know, your draft list ready to rock. You've got your 50 on there and then you've got them all written up and then you wait and you wait and you wait. And if something comes out later in the year in December, that's a bit, you know, that you feel like should be on the list, you bump something off and you just write one review and then put it on the list. It's not that hard. Like, I don't see that as a problem. Um I just think it's silly, man. I, I really do think it's uh, it's ridiculous. And if you if you have the recency bias argument, if you say, well, you know, albums in December are probably going to be more likely to be on the list because of recency, just have a time period. Say like, okay, we're going to make a judgment after a week. So every single week an album comes out, you wait a week and then you judge it. And then you put it on the list or don't put it on the list. And then you keep that going the whole year. There's so many ways around it and it's... I think it's just laziness and it pisses me off. And I will say, I did see someone, a publication, put whole lot of red on their list. So it's on a few lists. It is. Yeah. But is the voice so, by Lil Dirk one day prior? I haven't seen that on any list yet. So it's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. I feel like you just want people on, on the same, uh, with the same 
structure as you have because obviously you have to go literally by day for some shit. Well, but, I just, you know, I these just, guys can just free freely. <laughs> I mean, look, I don't think it's. I I just think it's silly. Break I, the rules. I really don't see what the issue is. I think that if if you know yeah, you shifted sure. it to early January, no one would care. Like we're we're being indoctrinated and we've been conditioned to believe that we're getting our end of year lists December one. But that's only because that's what we're getting. I think if we switched it to after Christmas, after the new year, it would not make any difference whatsoever. I really don't think so. In in one sentence, I'll I'll just uh, finish with a SEO says no. Mm. But I said we'll hop on to the next one. Uh, so did Adele Jack? <laughs> Did Adele um, Jack a uh, an artist? Well, I I didn't hear of her until Ben uh, showed me this. Um, but um, yeah, according according to some according to this artist anyway, um, and uh, Ben put me onto this. Um, there is an artist that feels a bit aggrieved and uh, feels like she has been artistically robbed uh, by Adele. Um, Ben, do you have any foundation towards it? Well, I mean, it's a bit of a non-starter, unfortunately, because Adele turned her album in like six months prior because of the the vinyl. So I think Adele's album would have been turned in, I think, in May. And then Ziamara's album came out. I I think I'm saying her name correctly. I apologize if I'm not. Uh, Ziamara, X-I-O-M-A-R-A. I I highly doubt she'd be listening after you just said it's a (laughs) non-starter. Well, maybe she might air me out too, unfortunately, which um, wouldn't be the first time. But um, yeah, her album came out in, I think it came out in July. Uh, and then she has claimed, and she try, she tries very hard to back it up on Instagram with, with proof that Adele basically stole the whole aesthetic and the whole theme and the whole, you know, even down to chord progression, she said, even down to lyrical content. There were... You know, uh, she claimed that I Drink Wine kind of um, bit Ziamara's song Chardonnay. Now, I don't think it's uh, out of the realm of possibility that these kind of things can happen, and I'm certain it's happened in the past. I genuinely am. So I was very curious about this. And the discussion I want to have has switched now because at first I wanted to discuss the possibility and, you know, the ramifications of a writing team just looking around for ideas and stealing them. But if Adele's album was turned in like many months prior to Ziamara's album even coming out, I don't really think there's anything really to say there. So the answer, maybe, or the question or the discussion, what I've seen online, you know, people have listened to, you know, the songs that Ziamara's claimed that are similar, and I've listened to them too, and I can't see any similarities. I really can't. I don't see it. And most people are like, there's, there's not much here. I can't see it. Um, I want to be fully respectful of Ziamara. I don't want to, like, you know, criticize her at all. But a lot of people have been saying that this is a promotional tactic that some independent artists use in order to get people to listen to their album. And no. I don't know, man. What do you think? I mean, factually, um, in some ways, there's credence to that because most people wouldn't have listened to the album unless it was for that. Right? And, um, you know, a lot of people... People people love being detectives, you know what I mean? People people love being fake detectives, in-net detectives, and, you know, just like, you know, just um, combing through shit and uh, 
whatever. So uh, I guarantee I'm sure there's probably you know certain people that have like you know got, gone uh, deep dive into this uh, into this uh, issue. Um, and I remember there were I remember I'm trying to remember like a couple uh, instances where like is 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 something of this nature. Um, I feel like this is much more muddy because it's um, it's 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 not as um, clear cut as something like hip hop would be. Like, because when you listen, when when someone accuses another hip hop artist of like jacking, you can see you can see where they're coming from um, on like you know whether it's like sample, mm. oh they just pitched up a bit, or you know maybe they use the same drums lyrical uh you know because when you when you're doing hip-hop lyrics because they're so because you can do so much with with, with the lyrics as it pertains to the hip-hop style you know if you if you're anywhere near close to somebody in terms of like flow and delivery um and lyrical content then you know there's a lot of there's a, there's a lot of smoke to be had there but when it comes to something like this where you know it's that <clears throat> it's, it's the it's the moody dramatic um just like uh, cr- crooning, um, so to speak, for lack of a better phrase, um, you you can't, you know, there, there's plenty of songs, you know, that we listen to, right? And we we, I don't know if you have had this phenomenon, but there's a, I've had it a couple of times this year where like I've listened to a song and it feels like I've listened to it before. You can't quite put your finger on it, but you feel like you've listened to this before. Right, I did that. I did that with a Lava Larue's Magpie. Right, and I was like, I swear I've heard this before. Right, I swear I have. Um, but you know, I went on who sampled. I, I looked up the um the 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 original sample that she used on the start of the track. Right, and uh, there was a Drake track that was there. Um, there was another track of note that was there, and I'd never, I actually never heard of them before. So I was just like, oh right, so if I haven't heard of those, then it can't possibly be that. Um. But yeah, you know, sometimes you just get that that feeling, that phenomenon. I feel like there is a phenomenon to that. Um, I forgot the name. Uh, but yeah, there's something to that. But when it comes to something like this, where you know, chord progression, jeez, ah, bro, like there's whole podcasts like dedicated to how you know pop artists have, um, you know, not not jacked, but like you know, have taken things from you know eyes from like 40 50 years ago and you know kind of like uh kind of refreshed right remember like a remember like a last day a start of like last decade where everyone was doing a certain type of ooh um i think i think it was like uh i'm trying to i'm trying to remember the pattern but i think like katie perry's california girls had it so whatever that has there was a lot of tracks that had it and you know there's, there's always those kind of things Right, and you mentioned songwriting, um, you know, camps. I feel like that has a lot to do with it. Where there's, you know, th- th- there can be there could be potential overlap between songwriting camps. Oh, this artist was, or this songwriter was in the same thing as this songwriter. So, you know, maybe they just meshed right and they wrote the same thing, um, but they gave it to different artists. Whatever. Maybe you know, maybe that's the case. I'm not sure. I'm not a songwriter. I haven't been in a songwriting camp before. I don't know how it goes down over there. Um, in those circles but I can imagine that you know sometimes there's overlap and uh, you know sometimes popular artists in the same year in the same area with the same music start doing the same shit they start like echoing the same not even not lyrics not chord progressions or anything like that but you know just ooze and you know inconsequential stuff but then again what makes a song poppy is shit like that (laughs) you know so um, you know it, it, it all makes 
there's I think there's a lot of credence to um I, I guess in this case um you know you can go ahead and consider it debunked if you feel like it I mean I I I don't think I got anything from the songs itself for the songs themselves but the music video kind of jarred me a bit I was just like oh hang about you, you can't be you, you, that that was close that was close to me I felt like there was something there right I, I you know she she did that as well she up to uh, I think it was easy on me video and her video kind of same yeah, vibes old, I was just like mm. alarm. yeah Mm, there's, there's, and I, I, I feel like with the music video, it's a bit different, yeah. right? I think you know visuals and stuff like that. You know, you can. It, I feel, it, it's hard not to try and be unique on that front, right? And, <laughs> but, but then again, you know, how many rap videos look all the same? Where it's just like some dude in his squads just like in front of cars, and you know, just yeah, but slow that's motion different. shots of dogs barking. I so. feel like. <laughs> I feel like that's different. That's that's a thing, you know. That's like a that's it's a, a, it's a motif. It's a it's motif. A motif. Yeah. It's not a it's not an intellectual property. Whereas I do agree with you with the Ziamara uh, and that out that video came out in 2019. So her video. Oh, okay. Didn't so know that. Uh, that old alarm came out in 2019. Um, yep, yep, yep. And Easy on Me obviously came out this year, and it is very very similar in that sense, in incredibly similar. And I think. As Charlie said, like if it was an isolated incident, um, I don't know. It's just, yeah, it's it's one of those things, eh? Like it's very it's very interesting. It's very interesting. I'm I'm not gonna like I say it's debunked. I say it's debunked with regards <laughs> to the information that I have. I don't know what more information I can yeah, go on. That. It's one of those situations where um, there's probably way more going on behind the scenes that that we don't know about, and we would be wholly naive to think that writing groups are just sitting coming up with ideas by themselves you know <laughs> like we're yeah. just yeah, they're just no, sitting no, at a no, piano yeah. and then all of a yep. sudden being just struck just by pressing inspiration chords, see what sticks yeah, no. no 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 especially <laughs> not in the pop world i would imagine there's a lot of googling going shit. on there's a lot of yeah, checking yeah. how many monthly listeners this person uh-huh. has going on, uh-huh. how many uh-huh. followers they have on Instagram going on, yeah. because yeah. who's going to make the least amount of noise yeah. if we rip this mm-hmm. off? So I'm not mm-hmm. putting that on Adele. I'm not saying that that's mm-hmm. what happened. And I'm not going to say that Ziamara has no case whatsoever. I'm not going to say that. I'm going to okay. say the timelines have mismatched a little bit. You know, if if it is true that Adele did turn her album in in May, which it, it seems to be, she said in a lot of interviews, I think it was May or uh, April, May, June. Um, but again, that doesn't necessarily mean that uh, Ziamara's aesthetic wasn't, wasn't lifted wholesale because, you know, they might have been able to get an advanced copy. They might have known people that knew people. Like, there's so many different permutations of that. Mm. And I actually think Charlie's discussion just then was way more i want to cut what i said at the start because what charlie said there is is (laughs) no it's true it's very true like when a hip-hop artist is is biting from another hip-hop artist you know i was i was listening to drink champs yesterday i was listening to the the raekwon ghostface interview on drink champs and they were talking about action bronson and um you know ghostface said something really interesting he said like he met action bronson at south by uh and he said that they dapped up and they were happy to to chat. And when he spoke to Action Bronson, he realized that's literally his voice. He's like, sometimes your vocal cords are just similar in that sense. And the issues only really began when Action Bronson threw some shots at him in an interview. And, you know, they were talking about Shine and Biggie and, you know, a couple of artists whose voices sound really similar to each other. Um, oh, bro. 
Yeah, bro. Like, honestly, think of the amount of like two pack clones there were. Mm-hmm. So many, if you think about it. Like I mean, Jarl obviously being the most notable. Well, Jarl DMX, yeah, you know, that was a whole thing as well. Like, yeah. it, it's been a thing. It's it's definitely yeah. a thing. That that the, the yeah. issue in this whole debate around this is Ziamara is an independent artist, an independent, you know, like creator. If this is true, then it is egregious and it's just bad, like de- genuinely bad. It's, it's damaging, you know, and if it isn't mm-hmm. true, it's not really damaging at all. So, you know what I mean? Like if Ziamara is, you know, if this is not real, then it doesn't really matter that much. Adele's not going to be hurt by it at all. So that doesn't yeah. matter. Like there's no real, there's no real damage done there at all. But if it is true, and it was stolen from Ziamara, then that's egregious and that's horrible and that's really sad. I will say though, on a topic of damage, and I'll finish here. Um, I don't, I don't want to equate this to anything, uh, you know, that people suffer trauma for, right? Um, but I'll, I'll, I'll hint at it when people. Uh, when people feel like they've been hard done by in a certain situation, such as this, right? And in other situations, you'll get what I mean in a sec, hopefully. Um, you have to kind of think about the decision on whether to even say it or not. Because if you say it and people in the court of public opinion think you're wrong, mm. then you will get shunned to shit about it. Like You will get flamed to oblivion about it, right? But you, but you do it because you feel it's right for you to speak up, right? You feel it's right to, uh, to to be vocal, right? Um, but a lot of people get bitten over that. A lot of people, you know, feel uh, not in not, you know, fully aware that if they if they say this, then people are gonna say, ah, oh, you you hate in, you hate in, right? And that's obviously the lesser of the lesser of what can come of it. So you know, a lot of people. In a lot of situations, not just this, in terms of intellectual property, but you know, a lot of situations that are very serious. You know, they have to make a decision, like th- not there and then, but like you know, they 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 have to decide uh, at some point whether to just bottle it in and keep it moving and not rock the boat, or be vocal and feel like you deserve a voice on that front and potentially get your life destroyed by it. So. Um, hopefully that hint. Um, hopefully that hinted towards what I was talking about. But yeah, no, no, no. You're right. And and Ziamara has posted that she's been struggling because of uh, the backlash and because of the whole conversation around there you it. Go. And yeah. um, yeah, so. that's sad, man. That's really sad. Like I hope she's okay. And mm-hmm. yeah, I think that was. I think my contribution to that was trash. But Charlie was great on that. <laughs> Shout out to Charlie on that. Well said. Well, we're about to well, we're, well, let's say we're one all, and uh, this might decide it. So uh, let's get to the main call, shall oh, we? Oh my days! Oh my day! Doja Cat's not a rapper. Lil Nas X is not a rapper. <laughs> Cause I don't like them. I don't like Lil Nas X. <laughs> well, Lil I'm Nas about X to raps... tightrope so fucking much with this, by the way. Fucking hell, bro. My my tightrope walk is about to be man on wire levels, bro. I'm I'm in the middle of the two towers right now, just like in the middle of New York, just fucking with a with a long ass with a long ass pole in front of me. That's what I do. Well, do That's you what want I'm to do right now? 
Do you want to start or do you want me to start? I can. I can. Yeah, so Because Charlie pitched so, this, by the way. Did I? Okay. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah, oh, yeah I, I wouldn't did, have yeah, wanted to talk about this, but like, I'm keen no, to I talk did, about it. I did. So, okay. So, you know, obviously, Ben has been on um, a crusade that he kind of didn't want to do, but he feels um, in a way that, uh, you know, feels um, is, I guess, not protecting his own ass or anything, but like, you know, stating, trying to, trying to lay out the, lay out the land right here and, you know, um, so, you know, people were coming at him, you know, saying like, uh, like you said, Doge Cat's not a rapper, Lunar's X not a rapper, da 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 right? And you come out with statistics, et cetera, et cetera, saying otherwise, right? Now, my crux with the whole thing, and I've kind of, I don't want to say bit my lip over it over this past over the past like month or so. It's been going down. A few months has been going down. Take your, hmm. <laughs> I'm sure Ben will give me exact six months, two days, twenty four hours. <laughs> I, it's, it's, it's not. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure he has that detail. But um, you know, I, I've been I've been kind of just like going, oh yeah, well you know, people people hate is gonna hate kind of thing, right? And I'm still I'm still of that notion that people are being very bad being in going about this in bad faith. So I want to go about it in good faith as as good faith as possible into into what I want to say. Right? I personally am of the fact that I don't consider. I'll, we'll, we'll, we'll be saying Doge Can and Lanzex anyway, so we'll just say those two right, for the sake of argument that they are not rappers by definition. And by definition, that's obviously a very loaded term. So I'll let me unpack that right quick, right? I think this is the only thing in life I'm very conservative about. Um, and it's probably a bit too... It's probably, you know, just being gatekeepery for the sake of being gatekeepery. I can see how it can come across as that. But when... I remember when... Um, I remember in, like, 2018. Like, when, you know when Rihanna did Lemon... And then Beyonce dropped a few tracks where she was barring. Mm. Um, and everyone was just like, oh, Rihanna's got bars, Rihanna's got bars. Oh, the, you know, Beyonce's rapping. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Right. Are they rappers now? So I go about it in this front. Um, I remember when I think it was Juice World, actually, funny enough, uh, since you mentioned him earlier. Um, I think it was Juice World that said, or, or it may have been Uzi, I'm not sure. That one of them said, uh, "I'm not a rapper, I'm an artist," right? And that kind of robbed me the wrong way at the time because I was just like, "What's wrong with being a rapper? Mm. Like, what's, what's wrong with that? What do you mean by that?" Like, you know, what I mean, it was very, it was very, it came across like very, I don't know, back backwards to me. I was just like, "What? So? What, what, do you, what do you mean? Yes, you rap, like you know." But then again, I'm sure you come with stats on that front that in 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 the in they're in the same realm as a Doge Cat, as a Nas X, right? So the thing I'll come to you, Ben, on your front is that I I'll take I'll I'll correct me if I'm wrong, but on Doja Cat's front it's like thirty seven percent on yeah I think Planet Her I think it's thirty six on Planet Her thirty five thirty six right. So kind of my question to you on that front, um, in the spirit of debate is why not fifty? <laughs> mm-hmm. And if so, what is the what is the cutoff for you? And again, this this is kind of all very sports talk, gas baggery, right? None of this matters, right? We'll we'll say that outright. It doesn't matter, 
right? Oh, oh, no rap is no rap. I don't, I, you know, it's not that deep, right? If they want to put it on their business card, they can go ahead and put it in their business card, right? <laughs> it's fine. I don't care. I'm not going to lose sleep over it. But for the sake of argument, what is the minimum? So is 35% of rapping uh, that you consider rapping, Ben, in your metrics, in your analysis? Do you cons- is, that, is that the minimum for you? Is 35% the, the, the bar that people have to cross to be rapping? If that's the case, um, what about country artists, right? You know, the country artists rhyme, but they don't rhyme too, they don't rhyme faster in, in the same speed as most hip hop artists. So are country, are, are they country rappers? Like, you know what I mean? Stuff like that. Is Blake Shelton a rapper? Um, <laughs> Does he rap? Shelton? Blake Shelton? I've never listened I forget, to I forget, his, I forget his name. Um, yeah, you know what I mean? Is uh, yeah, was, was Taylor Swift back in 2010 rapping? Like, you know what I mean? So, um, it obviously gets into that murky waters, and I'm I'm leading you there just to, to I'm being a bit dickish on that front, so you don't have to go that deep into that murky water. But I do honestly want to know what do you consider if we are doing this late having this label debate? Uh, what do you consider rapping? Because I granted I did not listen to the Doja Cat album. I did not. Right, Oof, I have not li- spun. I've I'm sure it is. I've I've not spun the Lil Nas X album. Oh. And again, I'm sure it's good. Okay. But I kind of, and it's not a matter, and you know, just a cape, just to cover miles right quick. You know, it's not out of like, oh, he's gay. It's because of the video. Like, it's not because of that, guys. No, Charlie's not like that. I can attest to that. Come on. Let's grow up. Let's grow up here. It's not because of that, right? For me, I consider it more of like a, obviously, this is a very arbitrary bar. Right, but to put someone like Rihanna, for example, that you know barred up on lemon, and she did, she ate that shit, right? I'll give her credit; she ate up on that shit, right? But I'm not putting her in the same lane as name ra- name rapper that we all agree upon that is a rapper, right? Cannabis. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> sure, <laughs> okay. Um, not the first, not the first person I would have thought of um, in terms of who's a rapper, but yeah, sure, cannabis, right? Let's go for that. Um, so yeah, uh, I've said, I've said, I think I've laid out my laid out the land on that front. So go where you feel on that front. I think can- was cannabis's name out of just can I boss? Is that is that the thing? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't think of it like that, Ben. But now that you did, um, now that you've now you've opened that can of worms, I will never be able to get that out of my head. And uh, if we ever do a retrospective on uh, cannabis, that will be all I think about. So I want to do a retrospective. I appreciate that on you've one day. you've <laughs> you've you've tainted my uh, my my innocence on why cannabis names itself cannabis. I'm, I'm literally every time I say it, I'm literally trying to say it fast so it doesn't sound like can I? But like, Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> all right, so let me just say a few things on this. Firstly. Um, I'm definitely going to wade into the murky waters because I need to be as transparent as possible. Uh, I have a large platform and when I call someone a rapper and it gets a million impressions, a million people have impressed, that's impressed upon them that that person is a rapper. So with full disclosure, the reason I did the can I bust thing is to kind of ease people into what I'm about to say, like, you know, to get you on side. I don't want to come across as like combative or defensive or anything like that. I think an example would be, um, you know, with Rihanna. Uh, Rihanna sings. 
she's always been a singer and she spit a few bars you know she's a singer who rapped a couple of bars on an album you know i don't necessarily think that that's that's not enough right it's not enough to be a rapper i think everyone would agree that rihanna is a singer on the flip side you've got ed sheeran who released number six collaborations and 30 i think it was 30 percent of his vocals are rapped on that Ed Sheeran is a singer who rapped a little bit, you know, uh, not on the flip side, sorry, in on the same side. Um, you know, Ed Sheeran is a singer who rapped a little bit. Like, that doesn't make him a rapper. The majority of his music is is singing. He right. self-identifies as a singer. He's listed as a yep. singer everywhere. It's, it's not a hip-hop album. Then you yep. look at someone like Fred Durst from Limp Bizkit, and someone said to me, Fred Durst released an album this year, and, and it went number one. Would you include him? And I'm like, yeah he raps he raps a lot you know that's part of his identity as an artist that's always been part of Limp Bizkit's identity they're new metal you know they're rappers doesn't make him hip-hop and that's the distinction that I think a lot of people are getting okay. a bit confused about and I sure, you know sure. I, I I assume that that was implicit in the conversation but maybe it's not you know just because I call someone a rapper does not mean that I'm calling them a hip-hop artist just because right. I'm calling and, and again <laughs> but I, what do we equate rap to you know what I mean so yeah but it's, yeah, I understand that, and I'll definitely get to that point. But like, you know, rapping is one of the elements of hip hop, but it is not hip hop. It doesn't necessarily like, you know, you can't just say everyone who raps, you know, fucking Rage Against Machine had rap in their music. There's rap rock, you know, they're not, they're not hip hop artists. That's not hip hop album. And if we yep, use yep, Tyler's yep. album as an example, you know, I said to Charlie, "Don't let me forget Tyler's album." Um, yep. Tyler's album is like. Tyler's album's like 30, I think uh, 41.5% of Tyler's vocals on Igor are rap, right? Does that mean that it's a hip-hop album? No, we, we could agree. And, and Tyler himself has said, this is not a hip-hop album. You know, this is a soul album. This is a pop album. This is an R&B album. There are so many elements to it, but it's not a straight hip-hop album. We use Miseducation as an example. Is that a hip-hop album? You know, the the lines are very blurred. And the thing, the reason why I have started using the term rapper and stopped using the term hip hop uh, in a lot of my lists is Doja Cat's influence. You know, I've actually talked to a few people behind the scenes in the industry and Doja Cat is difficult for us. It's difficult for a lot of people uh, how to categorize her and how to place her because, and this is the thing, right? Unfortunately, the platform I have, I have to categorize because my name is Hip Hop Numbers. If I'm going to like, I need to categorize to show achievement. I need to categorize to show like great achievement. It's the same discussion we had around women in hip hop and, and female rappers. How, you know, uh, I think it was Jean Grey who, maybe it was No Name. Was it No Name that said, don't call me a female rapper? Um, do you I remember? think it was Jean. Yeah. Jean Grey. And, like, I agree with I'm her sure fully. many of them have said that, though. I know. I fully agree with that. But at the same time, I want to do it because I want to say this is an achievement that no one else has done before. You know, when Cardi B becomes the first female rapper with two diamond songs, does that mean that I shouldn't just post up? I should just be like, Cardi B is the fourth rapper with two diamond songs. But she's the first female rapper with two diamond songs. That's amazing. So that's the kind of issue I'm coming up with. And... What I realized when I was posting the word rapper, uh, people were hitting me with, you know, Latin reggaeton artists and, you know, uh, K-pop artists mm. who rap a lot, like Lisa from Blackpink. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, bro, yeah. I'm going to have to start including these artists. 
And yeah, I understand probably. the I understand the purest um argument, you know, I, I do understand it, but from my perspective, I have to include these artists, whether you like them or not, whether you personally think they're a rapper or not, it doesn't come into it at all. And the way that I judge whether these artists are rappers or not is very simply, firstly, are they considered in the collective consciousness a rapper? And Ed Sheeran is not considered a rapper. But when I put Bad Bunny or Jay Balvin on a list, they are. They are rappers. I'm sorry if you don't like that. I'm sorry if it doesn't, you know, it doesn't adhere to your version of what you think a rapper is. But they fucking rap a lot of their music and they're considered as rappers. They're, they're in interviews. They're classed as rappers. They call themselves rappers in interviews. I don't know what else to say. And with the Post Malone thing is another thing that a lot of people have said. He was someone who came out and said, um, you know, I, d- I don't consider myself a rapper. I'm an artist. And when I went through his statistics, let me find this because I sent it to Charlie once um, because I just did it out of basically spite. I didn't even do it to, pub- to publish it. Um, maybe I haven't even got it here somewhere. But like basically like every single one of his albums is under 15% rap. It's just he doesn't he barely raps honestly he just fucking sings man he do, he barely raps and so with regards to a specific percentage I can't say to you like a rapper who who raps over twenty percent of every single one of their albums is a rapper like Mac Miller only raps like I think twenty five point seven percent on Circles would you call that a rap album no but is Mac Miller a rapper? Yes. So like, that's the distinction. Like it's a subjective thing that comes into it. But when it comes down to someone like Doja Cat or Lil Nas X, who raps over 50% on on the seven EP or Doja Cat 35% on Planet Her, it's just too much for me to ignore. I can't possibly ignore someone who on the bulk of their songs is rapping. It's just not, it's not possible for me to ignore that. And you know, these are the these are the difficult questions that I come up against, and I don't have like a genuine percentage that I would say, but certainly I, mainly the conversations that I'm having on social media are with people who are just coming from a really, I don't want to say ignorant place, but they're coming from a very abrasive place. They're like, I don't like that artist, so I don't want to consider them a rapper, and then I give them statistics like. Um, you know, uh, Lil Uzi Vert rapping like 22% or something on uh, Lil Uzi Vert versus the world, right? 22.8% rap. 22.8% rap. 77.2% singing. Are we saying that Lil Uzi Vert's not a rapper now? No, because we fucking like Lil Uzi Vert, so we're not going to say that. But we're going to say Doja Cat's not a rapper, even though she raps 35% on Planet Her and identifies herself as a rapper. I mean, what do you want me to do? Like, I'm not really sure how else to have that conversation. Did any of that make sense, or did I just like <laughs> ramble? <laughs> no, 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 no. So, um, yeah, you make you make perfect sense on all of it. Um, I will say that uh, the hip hop numbers, I guess, bit is just the only thing that you can't change, but I guess will always be the 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 grind point of it. Um, the you know, it's not a box that I. It's not a box that I don't think you uh, foresaw coming. Oh god! Um, no. When you initially made it, but I just wanted to put up <laughs> oh, cool shit. stats, and then I have to add you... bad buddy. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. 
But that's the thing, right? Like, and it, it's it's a, it's a it's a it's a fraught decision whichever way I go. If I go down the hip hop route, then I really am feeling like I'm gatekeeping because I'm I'm a white guy living in Sydney. You have to remember that too. And I I was interviewed a couple of weeks ago by G Holy TV, and he was like. I foresee hip-hop numbers as being, like, very influential in the future. And I'm like, I don't want it to be that fucking influential. <laughs> I really don't. Because I don't As someone have... who watched it, I saw the sweat just permeate off your face when you said that. Bro, like, but that's the thing. Like, I was actually chill on in that... Because I've had those conversations so many times and I've been, like, bailed up against the wall many, many times by people on social media about being white and having a voice in hip-hop. I'm very comfortable with my perspective and my like if you asked me this 10 years ago yeah man a lot of sweat i'd be nervous as fuck but i hopefully am open and listening to enough people and have enough people in my dms telling me the right things that i'm not gonna fuck up too often and i'm gonna be as respectful as i possibly can and i do fuck up sometimes and i'm 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 wholly open to wearing that but when it comes to something like like deciding what is and isn't hip-hop that's not me. I can't do that. I can't go down that route. I've tried. Uh, Charlie and I have done a whole podcast on it with Igor. Um, and I listened. I sat back and listened and gave a couple of like perspectives. But I I can only listen under those circumstances. I didn't grow up in hip-hop. Like I didn't grow up. I grew up listening to it. But I didn't grow up in the culture. I didn't grow up in the fucking United States. I grew up in Sydney. And so like rapper is a way for me to remove that level of i guess gatekeeping would be a word right for me to remove that level of me gatekeeping what is hip-hop and what isn't because if i go rapper it's much easier for me to just stand on that and be like this isn't how i feel this is because lizzo raps over 30 percent on because i love you and she self-identifies as a rapper you know lil nas x raps over 70 percent on seven ep and he calls himself a rapper doji you know what i mean like it's so much easier for me to just be like you no know, the artist calls themselves that they rap a lot and they're genuinely generally considered by the wider listening public to be a rapper so i can't but if it comes down to hip-hop i can't do that like i don't i i can't and that's the thing that charlie said you know hip-hop by the numbers turned into a box that i I couldn't foresee because I didn't have the knowledge back then. You know, I've learned a lot in the last three years and I didn't have the knowledge. Um, would I have called it hip-hop numbers? Who knows, man? Who knows? Maybe I wouldn't have even done it. But um, <laughs> that's why that's why I go down the rapper route because it is easier for me to defend that position from an objective standpoint than the hip-hop route. Yeah, and... Uh... You know, I didn't. Ex- I didn't have. I didn't expect to have this conversation, thinking that we'd have a. You know, um, a, a, a firm, uh, a, fir- a firm solution. To everything is nothing's. Like, but let uh, you let know, me ask you. Change or anything? Because you said you Go don't consider Doja a rapper or Lil Nas X a rapper. Now, what are you basing that on? Because you haven't listened to Planet Her. I have not. Um. Yes, good question. I mean, I, I mean, for Doja Cat anyway, I kind of, uh, I got, I, I actually got into her early. Um, uh, I remember listening to like Amara and uh, I like her first EP. It was like some like uh, it was very you know spacey R and B kind of thing going on. Um, so on that front, 
I didn't I didn't really see her as that, but then now people call her April all of a sudden I'm just like, hang about, when did that happen? So clearly that's just a matter of me not being up to date on that front. So I'll concede on that. On the little Nas X front, uh I uh, I don't know, man. I get, I, you know, I see, the, I see the statistics given. And I'm just, I, I, I went off that honestly most of the time when it comes to that. I'm just like, I don't consider thirty five percent applicable. Mm-hmm. Um, but you said they consider themselves that, so you know, I'm not here to, I'm not here to snatch their chain like Ti on that one film. I forget what the film is. Uh, I think it's ATL, but uh, you know, I've, I'm not here to snatch, <laughs> I'm not here to snatch a chain like Ti does in that GIF, but you know. It's what it is. I, I just, I just never really, I never really saw him as that. Uh, but again, when they're not a singer, or, or, or when they're a singer, uh, and they rap, or and we can get into the weeds on it and say like, uh, so what, 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 what's, what, what, what can if they both if they do it fifty fifty right down the line, fifty fifty just no 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 delineation between uh. Uh, between both, right? Straight Drake, up 50 50 percent singing. Is, Drake is basically 50 right. 50, by right. the way, across his whole discography. Right. So, so, I wasn't even going to mention his name, but there you go, right? So, what do you do there? Do you hyphenate it, right? And obviously, this is getting to the point where I, I start to not care because obviously, this is just labeling, it's gas baggery, and nobody should care. Going back to my in going back to the intro of this particular episode and kind of where I wanted to finish on it. While we've had this conversation, it has been enlightening because <clears throat> I didn't really consider I wasn't considering your position on the front of, you know, how you separate rap from hip hop as a thing. And I guess I don't on that front. I keep them very close together. And that's probably where my issue is. And that's probably mm-hmm. where some people's issues are, apart from the, you know, general you know, bad faith fuckery that they pull on you. So that's probably where my the crux of my um, friction has come about uh, compared to yours. Uh, but you know, it's enlightening on that front, especially to uh, to to figure that out. And uh, you know, I guess you know, I I fi- that's probably a me problem, right? It's probably a me problem on that front. I figure that uh, you know, if if there's if Ella Fitzgerald rapped. I think it was Ella Fitzgerald. I'm, I'm correct me if I'm wrong. Any you know, class, classic soul, <laughs> classic soul, uh, uh, people, out, fans out there, you know. But there's 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 instances of uh, singers from the 20s rapping, um, and they're one considered rappers, right? They were considered singers that you know. Well, well so I'm, I don't know, but you know, I'm assuming they they were considered vocalists or singers, but they just happen to have some bars as well, just for the fun of it, right? There's there's plenty of African American music about where you know, they weren't, they, rapping did not begin in African-American circles with hip-hop. Let's just get that straight, right? So, there's clearly uh, something that I need to adjust on that front in terms of my hip-hop worldview. Um, but, yeah, on that front, I think it was very enlightening. Well, there's another criticism that I get quite a lot um, where people say if, they, if they're black and they rap, then he calls them a rapper. But if they're white <laughs> and they rap, he doesn't call them a rapper. <clears throat> Do you not? I mean, look, this is the thing, right? Like, that does not come into my thinking at all whatsoever. Like, it is not about race at all for me. 
Um, I don't see how it could be. Uh, I think that with regards to hip-hop, it's populated mostly by African-American people in the mainstream, right? It's, you know, there's a few white rappers who are at the the pinnacle, but it's not common, nowhere near as common. So that criticism hurts. It actually really does hurt me, um, and it upsets me, and it scares me because I don't want that to be the case i don't want that to to for people to feel that that's the case um i think i can understand why people would have that criticism i don't really see it playing out functionally in the arguments people have with me i think it's the post malone thing i think the fact that i don't (laughs) class post malone as a rapper probably pisses a lot of people off um but again like i'm trying the thing about hip hop numbers is I'm trying to take as little accountability as possible and not in a bad way. I'm trying to remove my perspective and my subjectivity from things as much as possible. You need to remember that. I'm minimizing that. I don't want to be delivering my opinion on things. I need to be as objective as I can. And with regards to Post Malone, you know, we've had this conversation a trillion times. He barely raps and he doesn't consider himself a rapper. So I can't. You know, I can't say that Ed Sheeran raps on one of his albums. He doesn't consider himself a rapper. He's a singer. And one of the things you said in there as well, um, just because an artist is classed as a rapper does not mean that they can't be classed as a singer. Just because a rap- an artist is a singer doesn't mean they're a rapper. Yeah. I see them as like the yeah. actual act. You know, if we look at a pop artist versus a rock artist, they both sing. They're both singers but they're in completely Uh different genres. And genre is a whole other conversation. We're not having, I want people to know, we're not having that conversation on this podcast right now. We've had it in the past. I can dig that episode up. But um, maybe maybe you're 100% right. Maybe that is the disconnect that is happening where people are like intrinsically associating rap with hip hop. So if I call someone a rapper, people are like Mm -hmm. immediately saying, well, that that must mean he thinks that Bad Bunny is a hip hop artist. And that's not what I'm saying. I'm, as I said, I'm yeah. trying to reduce my responsibility and my not my responsibility. I stand behind every single thing I've ever posted. I stand behind it, and if I fuck up, then a thousand percent I'm going to take it down and apologize. But I'm trying to reduce my accountability as much as possible and put it back on the people who it should be on, which is the artist themselves. You know, it's not for me to def- to define an artist uh, outside of what they would define themselves. Um, and so, yeah, with regards to the, he would only class, you know, if, if um, let's flip it, let's say that Post Malone was black, he would class Post Malone as a rapper. I wouldn't, I, I can't, you know, those are the weeds. Those are the weeds, got to get into them sometimes. Um, I didn't want to have this conversation, by the way, I really didn't want to. I apologize if I've offended anyone. And if I have, then fucking hit me up. You can always hit me up. I'm not going to shirk away from those conversations. I'm I'm definitely down to discuss it. I think it's really important when you have a platform, you need to be as transparent as possible. And so I'm down to have them, even if they are a little bit uncomfortable sometimes. So I appreciate Charlie for that. Yeah, man, it's all good. Um, I feel like it's cleared up a lot um so hopefully the listeners um you know appreciate the uh care we've taken with this uh one point i will throw out as this is off the back of what you said but not 
in direct response to what you said. Um, as a kind of just a PSA or anything, but uh, more than anything, you know, there are times where uh, that you know, uh, you know, someone is like a news news piece or uh, whatever, right? Um, a public service announcement, let's say. Um, there, there, there are times where, like, uh, you see an artist like uh, done something, and because they're black, it's just like, oh, hip hop artist or or R and B artist, right? And you know, <clears throat> it kind of it can get very, uh, you know, just the generalizations can be uh, a bit of a uh, a bit of a friction point. Um, for for a lot of people, and you know, we're more than just hip hop and R and B. You know, it's not just urban, mm-hmm. right? Um, and you know, we've had that conversation before, uh, and we're in agreement of that, of course. And you know, sometimes I, you know, while doing these lists so far, like sometimes I, when I'm writing and I'm describing, it's kind of it, it's it it can be hard sometimes because there are some artists where like you know. They're, they're, they're rapping but like you know the, the, it's not like um it's it's not in a it's not in a hip-hop bubble but there's hip-hop elements in it so do i consider it hip-hop mm. or like mm. do i call it hip-hop would they call it hip-hop i'm not sure right because i don't like to go off you know what what apple music or spotify tells me you know considering off what we talked about with the spotify rap last week <laughs> for a fucking a fucking trap creed as a genre you know spotify ain't the best place um, on the front to you know try and uh, generalize and put people in a box on that front and you know slap labels on uh whatever the fuck that uh, other one was called uh, that you you got given. under R. um under R, like what the fuck is that um so yeah you know it's I, I, pref- I, I much I, I, I appreciate when artists are very specific about what they are. Um, a lot of them, a lot of them, you know, try, uh, you know, more more than often than not, do the, you know, I'm an artist, full stop, and you know, keep it as wide as possible so they don't feel boxed in, and that's fine, right? But in the sake of just, I want to describe what you do. <laughs> I just want to know. Um, but that's just me being selfish. But you know, uh, like I said at the start, like I said before that, just to finish up, um, there are a lot of times where you know that generalization does happen, and I know for a fact Ben doesn't do that um, out of any particular malice, um, and he doesn't do it in that fashion um, in any way. So you know, you can take it from me on that front and <clears throat> believe what you will. But. Um, there are. This, we're not saying that doesn't exist. Let's, let's mm-hmm. just say that. I've, I said all that just. To say, <laughs> I said all that just to say. Let, let, it does. It does exist in places. It ain't existing in here. It don't exist in this room, right? It doesn't exist here. Um, we try and you know separate ourselves from shit like that. That is very ingrained um, in music culture and in hip hop culture as well. And you know, whenever we get into stuff like this, it can be hard to you know i'll just i'll just we're just talking about how why don't i think they're rappers or not right you know it it is it it can come down to subjectivity come down to objectivity and most people obviously go down the road of subjectivity because you know it makes it makes their personal lives easier to just go like i think this but you know they don't think about the overall uh the overall scope so anyway we'll leave that there as well brief conversation but yeah, um, 
we'll leave it there. Ben, do you have a light note before we head off? Uh, no, not really this week. I don't really have a light good. note. I don't really... Uh, had, had a good date yesterday. It was such a great date. And um, I'm happy, man. I'm happy. I'm happy right now, which is very rare. So that is a lighter is. note. I'm, I'm not often... <laughs> I don't often come in here with with happiness, but uh, yeah. I'm coming in here with happiness. So shout out to me. Shout out to Ben. Uh, we'll, we, shall, we shall leave it there. Ladies and gentlemen, from the Fifth Fan Podcast Network, this has been Digging Digits. Hope you enjoyed this episode. I've been Charlie Taylor, Fifth Fan. I've been Ben Carter, Fifth Fan Numbers. Next week, we begin a journey that we have been trying to think about for a while and actually haven't because we don't want to do all that work uh but we're gonna we're gonna start on it now we're we're gonna lightly chip away at something very large and hopefully that's a big enough clue for you to figure out why did travis scott take utopia (laughs) out of his instagram bio we're gonna do an eight part by the way oh fuck say we could have talked about his interview i didn't watch it (laughs) I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it. I saw clips, but I was just like, "Why is he talking?" But anyway. you know what I want to say? I just want to say that I really appreciate Sean C. I really do. I think that he's very intelligent, and I appreciate his perspective. Um, I'm always very curious to see what he has to say. If you're interested, you're not going to agree with everything he says, but like, I just want to say I really appreciate Sean C. He really gives different perspectives and quite intelligent breakdowns of things. He's not just a YouTuber creating content. For the sake of creating content, he's he's a thoughtful person. So shout out to Sean C. He did a great video on the, the interview. You sure he's not a content creator? I'm sure his uh his album list is gonna come before December twenty thirty first. No, so. I think he did don't last. Know, man. I think don't last know. year he did January. I think last year he did it in January. So you know, maybe um maybe that's uh, making him a little bit ingratiating him in my in my books. Anyone who does their list in January is a true artist and a, a true connoisseur. <laughs> hope you have a good week Michelle will try and do the same but until the next time take it easy ladies and gentlemen alright peace Digging Digits is produced by me and Ben Carter the show is edited by me music for the show it's a piece of video games but bonus points place the your breaks for the video to use Socials for the fifth element, hip hop by numbers, bonus points, and chill breakers. We the full show notes for everyone listening. This has been a fifth element podcast, Sarah Production. Thanks for spending time with us. We shall see you next time. I'm digging in the digits. <laughs> <laughs>